the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue our previous message. And without blame before him. Now people may see your faults. But when God looks at you, he sees his baby boy, his baby girl. And without blame before him, God doesn't see you like everyone else sees you. In agape or in love. I didn't ask my wife to clear this. Oops. Um, but, but after we had our, our two sons, she, she was, can I say this? You don't even know? Okay. She's a little sensitive because she has some stretch marks. And, um, you know, she go look at them every day in the mirror and cocoa butter and all the rest. And uh, I was like, honey, those, those, those are stretch marks. Those are battle scars. Yeah. Baby, I, I washed you. Push out those two boys that are now young men. And I'm proud of everything that reminds me of it. (laughs) Stay with me. You see, God doesn't see your scars the way you do. (laughs) What you embarrassed about? just reminds me of all you're willing to go through and and where you've been. Having predestined us to the adoption as sons. Now, here's what I know. We're we're stuck with our natural children. (laughs) But adopted children become ours by choice. And when God speaks of adoption, he's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Which means he knew everything about you but chose you. Chose you any way. I am not here by accident. Coincidence. Happenstance. I and you have always been God's choice. He predestined us uh, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Only Jesus could make it possible for us to become part of God's family. But watch this next, this next clause. You wouldn't believe it if it was in your Bible. Because many of us think God's got buyer's remorse. 
How many ever bought something you're like, man, I'm taking that back. I'm taking that back. Like, what was I thinking? But he adopted us by Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. Meaning God has no regrets about you and I. His love for us is not a burden. It gives him great pleasure. Despite all we've done, all of it, God still thinks his love for us is a good idea. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Again, that praise time is is not just filler. And when you've known what the Lord has done for you. To the praise of the glory of his grace. This is why sometimes you catch me with tears in my eyes. Because grace means all my mistakes now serve a greater purpose instead of serving my shame. By which he has watched this past tense, past tense made us. Meaning we're not working on this. We're not going to, we're not trying one day for, to, to make this happen. Now you might be because you're religious, but I believe my Bible. By which he made us accepted. Ac- us. Look at your neighbor. Us. Yeah. Even you, even us. Accepted. In. In. The beloved capital B. In. Christ. It's not that one day God might accept me if I do good enough. He's already accepted me because Jesus is good enough. Since the cross. See, I'm talking Jesus now. Talking Jesus since the cross. As the father has accepted Jesus, he accepts you and me. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we praise him. I didn't live a perfect life, but he lived a perfect life. Everything he done accrued to my account was for my benefit. And because we're in him, he now accepts me the same way he accepts him. That's why I've told you in the past, he says, pray in my name. Don't, don't stop praying in your name. Talking about what you did and how many times you did X, Y, and Z and what God ought to give you. Pray in his name, based on his righteousness, his deserts. In him. Folks, you need to get in the boat. It may get rocky. It may get bumpy. Some of our fellow passengers may get on our nerves. But this is the only boat that can float above all the condemnation and all the judgment we deserve. A boat does not pretend there's no ocean. It just rises above it. A boat doesn't say there's no water. It just floats on it. Folks, there is judgment and there's condemnation. But in Christ, you can rise above it. You hear what I'm saying? A little bit more before I... We pull out and get get back. Colossians 3 and 3. For you died. He's speaking to us. The problem is, many of us, you you haven't died yet. 
You're still talking about your life and, and what you're going to do and what you want. But I died. That's what baptism's about. The life I live is no longer my life, Lord. I live it for you. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, God is perfect justice. He couldn't overlook our sins just because he likes us. That would be unjust. That would be favoritism. That would be unfair. The wages of sin is death. And sin had to be paid for. But God outthought the devil. So what he did is he said, I'm going to pour out my wrath. I'm going to be just. So I'm going to pour out all of my wrath against evil on my son. And when you accept Christ, what you're saying basically is Jesus took my place at the cross. He suffered the sin and the shame that my sins deserve. But what I need you to notice is some of the last words of Jesus. On the cross, pay attention here. He did not say, I am finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. Meaning the debt due for every act of rebellion, every sin. Every mistake, every misstep we ever made was paid on that cross. And now I'm on the boat and my life is hidden in Christ. Now, my boys, you know, I I, I did my best to train them to work since they were kids. And if they weren't shoveling driveways when it snowed, they were cutting grass. And one day, my, my boys, both of them were out, and, and they were shoveling snow. And it's a crazy guy that they did some work for, and he got some crazy things in his head. And the boys came home, and but the man followed them. Had the nerve to come to my house. I'm in progress, too, okay? Okay. Now, my, my boys, did, they did the right thing. They did a good job. But the man had an attitude. So it's like, boys in the house, you got anything to say to them? You need to say it to me. They were behind me. The man couldn't see them anymore. Only see me. It wasn't a 90, 100-pound boys anymore. It was a 220-pound grown man. And in order to get to them, he'd have to come through me. You see, I'm in Christ. And when the devil comes, Jesus is up front. If you want to get to him, you got to come through me. He's hid in Christ. He's in my house. Under my protection. And every now and then, I might stick my head out to stick my tongue out at the devil, but I've learned to stay in Christ, stay behind the one. 90 pounds is not a match for, for that man that came to the door. And I don't care how big, how bad, how smart you are, you're no match for the devil. 
But if you're in Christ, if you're part of his family, if you call God Father, and you're a son, God hides you in himself. So he's the head of all principality and power. And when the devil comes knocking, make sure it's Jesus that comes to the door. Now, if my boys at that point in their life would have tried to take that man on, probably wouldn't have turned out so well. But they had sense enough to trust the relationship with their daddy. And you need to have sense enough to trust your relationship with your daddy. Back to verse 7. In him and in no one else, we have redemption. Redemption always implies a price has been paid in exchange. Now, salvation is a free gift to us, but it costs Jesus everything. So, so like a lamb, in, in, in a lamb's life, we benefit from its wool. Just like in Jesus' life, we benefit from his teaching and his character and, and all the things he, he does and says. But it's only in his death, a lamb's death, that we can eat of its meat. And God wants us to always have meat at our table. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Through his blood we have, not trying to get, but already have redemption through his blood. And what does he call for redemption? The forgiveness of sins. As far as the east is from the west, he separates uh, and removed our transgressions from us. According to the riches of his grace, the riches of his grace, the riches, what? Riches. God's not just barely forgiving you. It's the riches of his grace. Jesus was overpayment for your sins. The horrible depth of your sin could never match the riches of his grace. You, you diminish the person of Christ to think God can't forgive you. Do you understand the sacrifice that, that, was, that was paid on that cross? He was more than enough than anything you could do or ever think about doing which he made abound toward us, watch this, in all wisdom and, and proofs. i got to move quickly. But what I want you to see here is God's not dumb. He used all wisdom and all prudence in his design of our covenant. So please keep in mind, just as God is completely just, or better, just as God is completely loving in love, he's completely just. So God's love will always forgive you, but pay attention. But God designed this thing. But if you open the door to the devil, God remains just. And he will respect your decision to let him into your affairs. Some people are saying, God, why did this happen? God's looking at you. Why'd you open the door? No, no. We're mad at God. But we've been behaving and thinking and, and acting in ways that don't line up with God's word. Satan is the prince of darkness. And he has legal right to rule over every dark choice 
in our lives. So if saved as you are, beloved as you are, we talked about this line upon line. But if you choose to act like the devil, think like the devil, live like the world, don't be surprised when the devil runs roughshod over your life. Now, what we do, though, is we say, God, why? And God's like, wait a minute. I didn't do that. I told you how to live. I told you how to think. Okay. First Peter five and eight. I'm a, I'm a medal for a second. And then, then I'm a, we're going to come back and, and I'm going to wrap you up. He said, be sober. Peter's leaning in now. Self-control. Stop letting your emotions ruin your decisions. Be sober. I can't stand daytime television. Everybody's emotions running away with them. They're crazy. Nobody's sober-minded. Everybody feels something all the time. Be sober. Collect yourself. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Pay attention to your attitude and behavior. Because watch this. Watch this. This is the most important point I'm going to make to you today. Your adversary. The devil's not God's adversary. God and the devil are not co-equals. It's not the yin and the yang there. The devil is no match for God. Your adversary. The devil. So the devil's not fighting God. Jesus said, I I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. There wasn't even a battle. Yeah. And and when Jesus ascended, there was no devil blocking his way. The the disciples watched him ascend into the heaven and no devil could touch him. God and the devil are not at war. He's our adversary. And if you know he hates you, He's trying to oppose you. He's trying to entrap you, kill, excuse me, and destroy you. Why are you listening to that joker? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Satan is merciless in areas we give him license. I'm a metal. Y'all want someone to put your marriage together. Why did you stop giving the devil so much license? With your bad attitude, unforgiveness. God, I'm a single, but I'm not happy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Not in a man or a woman, but in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a a, a roaring lion seeking, watch this, whom he may devour. How do we overcome him? By stop giving him license. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he flees. You don't even have to pray so much. Submit to God. Submit to God. Do what God says. Be who God says you are. Act like you know. 
Submit to God. Then resist the devil and he'll back up. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? Devour. Why does he need to seek who he may devour? Because he's limited to rage and war in the lives of those who give him license. Church, when we surrender our beliefs, our attitudes, our opinions, and our behaviors to God, we're really not doing God a favor when we come to this altar. We're doing ourselves a favor. Whenever it seems like the devil got me on the ropes, I begin to seek the Lord. Lord, what attitude? What belief? What opinion? What behavior do I need to surrender to you? I don't spend my time focusing on beating the devil. I spend my time focusing, how can I be more like God? How do I submit this area of my life? God, what's going on in my head that's giving the devil license? Because you're a good God and he's a bad devil. God, you're not opposing me. God, you're not trying to harm me. I'm your child. I belong to you. And this mess in my life is not your doing, God. It's mine. So, Father, I submit. God is not your problem. It's not the problem in your emotions, your finances, your body, your relationships. The issue is in here, in your will, in your heart. Will you submit? Can you keep running with the devil and not expect to receive the devil's reward? Can you keep thinking like everybody else in the world but still want God's results? God is calling for holiness. Not talking about weirdness. That's why we don't use the word anymore because people make it so weird. But all holiness means is set apart. And I'm closing with this. You know, back in the day, my dad had a chair in the family room and everyone knew it was his chair. It was his lazy boy. How many of y'all from my era, you had a recliner and, and it was dad's chair. That chair was holy or sanctified. Why? It was set apart for him. Also, my dad liked peanuts. Peanuts. And you knew not to touch dad's peanuts. Because dad's peanuts were holy unto dad. Sanctified. When the world comes for me and you, I want them to know that I'm sanctified. I belong to God. It's him I want to sit on the throne of my life. Everything in my mind and emotions is set apart for God. So holiness doesn't mean now don't wear makeup and and all the rest. What it means is I'm set apart. Be ye holy. God, I belong. I'm not afraid like the world's afraid. I'm not going to be intimidated like the world's intimidated. I'm not... I'm not going to come up short like the world's coming up short. I'm not just going to live by the strength of my, my right arm the way people in the world do. In the sweat of my brow, God, I'm sanctified and set apart. I belong to a different household, a different family, and we behave differently. And God, I set everything about me aside and help me continue to submit and yield to you. The people in this room, you need, you go to church, but don't replace church for obedience. You may read the Bible, but don't, 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 don't think reading the Bible is the same as obeying it. 
people in this room, you need to surrender and submit. The only way you're going to break Satan's power out of your life is to submit to God. Where is that area that you're resisting? God's saying, come to me. I'll get him out of your life, but you got to submit. I'm king and I want to rule. Don't let him rule. Right now, that area is coming to mind. Right now, it's coming to mind. Now, I need you in your heart. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Surrender that area of your life. Give it to him. It might be your worry. It might be your fears. It might be your insecurities. It might be your opinion of yourself. Surrender it. Surrender it. Surrender it. Right now, he's doing surgery. He's going in. Surrender. It's just a heart. Just a heart away. Just, just make a heart decision. doesn't have to be a long speech. God, I surrender. I surrender that area. It could be your finances. It could be your relationships. You know you shouldn't be with that person. Surrender it. Surrender it. Surrender it. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. <laughs>